Welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast, where our mission is to help everyone recognize and experience the presence of God. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast. And we have like the coolest podcast ever for you today. We are joined by three former youth ministry participants, um, current college students, but current practicing Catholics. So we are bringing them on to talk a little bit about their experience with the church as we participate in the synod that Pope Francis has called. Now, for those of you who haven't listened to the previous podcast featuring Father Rob and I talking about the synod, um, you should probably do that. But I think you're in for a real treat because we are actually going to go through the synod process, the listening session process tonight. I am so excited to be joined by Hannah, who is a junior at Wooster. So welcome, Hannah. Uh, We are joined by Colin, who is a sophomore at the University of Michigan. So thank you, Colin, for joining us. And, um, And we are also joined by John, who is a junior at Calvin College. So John, thank you for being here with us. I love how you guys are doing hand signals on an audio podcast. That's <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so basically, I, I just a little bit of background. Um, we were just talking that all three of these awesome college students have participated in both outreach and Y2Y here at Blessed Sacrament. And they all gave a witness talk um, on the youth to youth retreat. And so What that is, is it's basically sharing your story, which is what we're about to get into tonight as part of the listening session. So as Pope Francis has invited us all to be a part of these listening sessions, um, the one thing that we always want to keep in mind that this isn't necessarily about what we want and how, you know, we think we can fix the church and things like that, but it's all about where's the Holy Spirit leading us and what have uh, what experiences have we gone through that have informed um, that the Holy Spirit has helped us through and that the Holy Spirit is leading us through to help us shape the future of the church. So before we dive into our sharing and, and looking at the fundamental question, let's just all take a minute to just ask the Holy Spirit to enter into this space the space that you're in, the space that we're collectively in as we pray, Holy Spirit, paraclete, advocate, breath of God, we invite you into this space tonight as we talk about the future of your church, the future of our church, the future of the people of God, God, we ask that you bless our time, bless our stories, knowing that everything that we have gone through, everything we carry with us, and everything we enter into is all a part of your story. So God, we pray that your spirit be alive in us, that we be a mouthpiece for the spirit as we discuss where it is the church is heading, and how we can use our gifts to be a part of the future of the people of God. Amen. So after asking the Holy Spirit to be here, to enter into this space, this Zoom space, 
the main question that the Senate is asking, you know, the Senate is looking at as a church, as we announce the gospel, we are journeying together towards that, that end goal, towards that kingdom of God. There's a two-part fundamental question. The first part is this, where do you think the church has journeyed well with you in your, in your experience? And that can be at the parish level, in the diocese, and then the global church, just looking at the structure of the Catholic church. Um, where do you think the, the church has journeyed well with you in your experience? So whoever wants to start us off is more than welcome to. Um, I'll, I'll say some stuff. I think for me, um, my like favorite part about the church is that it's really simple. It's not not difficult, but like the point is really simple. Love God, love people. And like there's so many ways to do that. And there's lots of ways it's become very complicated, but like at like the base level, that's the point. And I don't know, I think at least growing up with Blessed Sacrament, even if we talked about different things or especially going to Catholic school, like learning about different sacraments or different saints or whatever, the, the point was still love God and love people. Um, and I think when like, not that learning the more specifics are a bad thing. I think they're really beautiful and really like enhance your relationship with God. But the fact that you can always go back to love God and love people has always been very grounding for me and one of my favorite things about the Catholic Church. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, I would go off of that a little bit and kind of say, in my experience, it was that in practice that stood out to me the most throughout my fifth journey so far. It's like the Catholic Church and the people within, at least for me, have been very accepting and forgiving through all of my turmoils. Um, and I know like my own experience, like I'll, I'll be my own shameless plug by videos on <laughs> my recent videos on Facebook, but um, it's, it's been a very difficult journey, at least, you know, through my experiences. And regardless, everyone in the, the my faith community has always been willing to accept it and look past those flaws that I thought were the end all be all. And they've really accepted that, that godly view where it's, it's much more accepting, it's much more forgiving and working to improve and help me better myself. Uh, thanks, Colin. That's, that's awesome. I'm, cl- I'm happy to hear that. I think an idea for me as well is just that as a parish, we're kind of journeying together. And the idea that like I'm alongside people who are maybe from the same place, um, but are going through very different experiences in their faith and what they believe and what's going on with them and their beliefs in terms of the church. Um, it's a really cool part of the journey that we're on is that we can all do it together as a single parish and being able to lift each other up as we're going through struggles, um, being able to have like important conversations as we're trying to figure out what it is we truly believe and how we feel about different aspects of the church and what it's telling us we need to think. Um, I think it's a really important part of kind of how we're announcing the gospel um, as a parish and how we're able to go on that journey ourselves as well. Yeah, I love that, John. Uh, the parish is absolutely a, a grounding part on this faith journey because it is, like you said, John, it's the people who, 
you know, we're experiencing the church with. And I, I think that, you know, if you, especially if you go to the same mass every weekend, you're like, I don't know those people sitting across the way, but I recognize them. They're in their pew. And then it almost kind of sometimes gets to the point where you're like, Hey, the people who sit in that pew haven't been here in a while. Um, at least that was the pre-pandemic, you know, you always, kind of, everyone kind of had their own assigned seating. Um, and I, I forgot to, at the beginning, kind of define two terms. Um, one of the term, the, the term, when we say the church, I think sometimes we can get really confused as to what the church is. Is it the, is it the institution or is it, you know, the faithful? And when I use the word church, I tend to think of it's the entire people of God. So it's the people of God gathered at Blessed Sacrament, but it's the people of God gathered around the world as well. And and so if just for if for clarification, you know, as we move forward, like we'll just try and distinguish between like the church, the people of God, and the institution, which you know, we can think of like the hierarchy and clergy and things like that. Um, so you guys mentioned you know, how the church is journeying well with you at the parish level, do you feel affected by um, the people of God and the institution of the Catholic church at a global, on a global scale at all? I think the church is traveling well in the fact that it's encouraging different forms of worship at the moment. Um, I think when I was raised, it was much more the way to worship is you go to church, you sit and you pray, and you have to have your, you know, alone one-on-one time with God. And to me, that's changed a lot and has been presented to me in a lot of different ways now is like, for example, meditation is something that I've found recently that I really enjoy. I know some people enjoy to journal, um, different types of music is, can be very helpful for worship. Um, and even the fact that prayer to me is seen as much more of a casual conversation now as opposed to that strict I don't know I guess I don't know the right word to say it that strict like all right I need to sit for 10 minutes and do nothing but speak to God and it is a one-way street it's like no I have to sit and I have to converse it needs to be a it needs to be a dialogue not a monologue anymore so I think I think I would credit the wider church to that because it took it took me moving outside of just Midland to start seeing that and to start experiencing that on a broader scale. That's, that's cool. And I saw you nodding your head a lot as Colin was speaking. Um, Yeah, I completely agree with what you said. And I definitely think you said like prayer as something casual. I think that's such a um, important thing for people to know, especially I think people our age um, who I feel like it's very easy to not want to connect to religion, especially if you are in a different environment than you were when your parents took you to church, right? Um, But the other thing I was going to say, Colin, which is the exact opposite of your point, but not at all like contrasting. (laughs) I really, really like that I can go into a Catholic church anywhere in the world. And even if it's in a different language, I still know what's going on. And specifically when I left for college for my freshman year, I was homesick and sad and it was not exactly going too well. And the fact that the church, even though it wasn't Blessed Sacrament, did everything and I already knew how to do it. And I already like understood what was supposed to be going on. Like that was so reassuring for me. So like, I think I totally agree with Colin. I love like the wider um, 
like breadth of practices for um, Catholics and for people who are religious, but I also think the fact that there is like some consistently consistency or that you can at least find that consistency has always been super reassuring for me. Awesome. You're going to really love that in Argentina. Yeah, that, <laughs> knowing that you can go into the Catholic church and be like, okay, yes, yes this yes. is good. <laughs> I know this. Yes. John, I saw you nodding your head a little bit too, as Hannah and Colin were speaking. Yeah. So I, I really want to like drive home the points that both Hannah and Colin shared. Um, I think they both have great examples of how the wider church is able to embrace us individually and embrace the entire, um, entire body, or as you were saying before, Kristen, the, the church. Um, and I think just the idea that uh, our church has a base that we're able to grow off of and that everybody kind of has that same base, that same understanding of our core beliefs, um, kind of touching on Hannah's point earlier of love God and love others, love your neighbor. Um, growing from that is just a wonderful place to be able to know that those who share my faith and those who uh, share those core beliefs are people that I can continue to like build relationships with and who I know that will have that same foundation that I did. And I still do um, as I'm continuing to grow in my faith and my understanding of what I believe. Um, but it really just comes down to the wider church having that base that we're able to uh, utilize in our relationships and in our trust and how we pursue others. I love that. Is it is all about relationship. Um, when it comes down to what is the church, the people of God, we're all going to the same place. We're all in relationship together as we journey towards the kingdom of God. And I, I think that's, I loved what you said, John, we're building those relationships, but we're building that trust. And every good relationship has a firm foundation of trust. Um, and, and I think that it's definitely something that the world needs in general, but about, but even in the, the global church, you know, that relationship with one another and that trust needs to be there. So going from the, you know, where the, the church has done well, kind of flipping that on its head. Can you guys think of any times or um, experiences where you think the church could improve or maybe where the church hasn't particularly been a good journey, a, a good companion on the journey towards the kingdom of God? Um, can, do you have any examples or, I don't know, like I said, experiences of where either the people of God or the institution maybe didn't quite live up to, you know, what you think the, the church does well, love God and love people. Um, on that note, and I think um, this is also important um, because I am the only girl out of the people here. I like talking. Um, the gender roles of the church, I have always found very difficult just because for women, Mary is like the, um, ideal woman, which is Mary is a wonderful disciple of God. And I think is a very wonderful person to model your life after, but the way she is described is also incredibly gentle and meek. And there's no like strength or bravery or intelligence or any of that 
also worked into her character, even though I believe those are characteristics she as a person definitely had. Um, so I think sometimes I've had trouble with the way the church talks about women or also is run by men and therefore just lacks a, a female perspective. Um, and I have no idea how to rectify that. I offer no real solutions, but I think it's important to at least acknowledge because that's something I've definitely found to be really weird as like, and trying to be like an independent individual, but having not a specific role model of that, even within a religion that I greatly care about. Totally makes sense. Where, what is your, what is your role within a church that maybe doesn't explicitly have roles defined for, for women? That's a great, that is a, a great point to make. Thank you, Hannah. I think an improvement uh, that I've been uh, kind of like pondering has been just the uh, way that the church isn't necessarily approachable to outsiders of our specific community. Um, as I've been at a school where a majority of the people here aren't Catholic, uh, the conversations I've had with a lot of people start with the idea that Catholicism is scary and that it's a very like um, individual group of people that others aren't really able to engage in, engage with, um, and participate with. And I think that's just a really negative connotation that um, the Catholic Church has I don't know if it's brought it upon itself um, or if it's just been the fact that it's been around for a really long time and um, it's not quite as approachable. But just as a church, not being really a place where we want people, or well, let me rephrase that. Obviously, we're taught to love our neighbors. We're taught to look for people who are um, in need of help and we're supposed to reach out to them. And we as a group of people are people who want to do those things and want to look out for people and bring them to our faith because we see the benefits that it's brought us and in our own community. But I think it's difficult uh, having that perspective for those people that aren't a part of the church um, because they don't understand that we aren't any of those things that they think we are. And the church isn't any of those things that they think it is. So trying to break down that barrier of approachability, I think, is something the church has struggled with and continues to, especially in a day and age where, you know, information is so easy to come by and um, people are just very judgmental and aren't really always willing to engage. Um, and I think it kind of puts it on us to engage them. Do you have any um, ex like specific examples? Being at a college where you've got a variety of you know denominations present, do you have any other specific, you know, maybe reasons or or perceptions that people have told you about the church that maybe make it seem more unapproachable rather than approachable? Yeah, and I I think um, this doesn't necessarily pertain to every aspect of. The Catholic Church, but um, the main one that I've like heard people talk about and I've seen is like the barrier to entry. Um, a lot of people that are like considering the Catholic Church, they see this really long process of trying to become a part of the community, a part of the body of the church, um, and it's really difficult. And there's a lot of other um, like sects of religion that make it a lot easier to be a part of the church. Um, and as I was saying before, it doesn't necessarily apply to everything because I think Blessed Sacrament does a great job, especially in like the youth um, 
and faith formation where we really invite youth of um, any background to come and engage with us and to spend time doing whether it's just fun activities or um, going into learning. But I think that barrier to entry to be a full participating person in the church uh, is an example of uh, what yeah. I'm trying to say. No, excellent. Thank you. My, um, my criticism of the church would be uh, somewhat similar to John's, but I do think it's the stereotype that comes behind when people hear the church. And especially, I think, when they hear the word Catholicism, um, people tend to infer a certain person and that they're very close-minded and feel that their their way is the only right way and they they're not willing to engage in dialogue um and i i don't know how well cal calvin's diversified but i can tell you that in ann arbor there's an extreme amount of diversity here and i've had times where i'm literally scared to present my beliefs because of how some people have reacted in the past telling me that I'm wrong or I'm hateful or just and much worse as well, but I, things I would not want to repeat on a podcast or ever for that matter. Um, but like things, especially when it comes to political issues, um, getting into um, like religion and politics when they overlap with, with morality um, and it becomes, it becomes very difficult to have open conversations with people because I do think I, I believe John said it, it comes with a certain connotation and it comes with a certain judgment as soon as you sort of present it. Um, and so for me, I just, I think maybe it, maybe it might be the fact that it's so unapproachable and that there is like this, this barrier to entering into Catholicism. And I wish we could be a little more open, I guess. Um, and accepting because like in my experience that's what helped me and that's why I do love Catholicism so much but it's it's a bit difficult when people have these automatic perceptions of what isn't actually the reality and want to throw judgment and I think it's just because our world is so full of hate and our world does not truly have that that loving godly viewpoint that we need to have um, it's just, I don't know. And in my experience, it's been, it's been quite difficult to talk about faith and religion with people who are either not religion or belong to another sect of Christianity or another religion in general. Yeah. I think that's really insightful because we do, we, we do experience it. It is kind of nerve wracking to be like, oh yeah, I'm Catholic. And then you're just like, kind of wince and be like, okay, what are they, how's that going to be taken? Um, you know, in your experience, why do you think that people have these preconceived notions of the Catholic church? What, where do you think that comes from? Well, I can say that um, at Calvin, we celebrate Reformation Day, uh, and it's a holiday on campus that celebrates the splitting from the Catholic Church. So, um, and since Calvin is a CRC-affiliated school, um, it's rightfully so that we would celebrate a holiday like that. So I think it's amusing sometimes to me because um, the idea of the day is that 
uh, we're looking back at why they're splitting from the church uh, to form the Reformed Church. And um, I think a lot of those ideas are on the forefront of other students' minds. And this is just like a specific example, but um, I think this can be kind of brought to the wider spectrum of um, different people across the world where they're only seeing a certain aspect of um, why the Catholic Church necessarily isn't necessarily good and why there are bad people associated with it or why there's bad ideas associated with it. Um, and when they're only focusing on those small portions or reasons that other people may have thought that, uh, that's really the picture that gets painted. And I think that's one of the main reasons. In my experience, a lot of it stems, I mean, I'm also, I'm a bit biased because I study political science and philosophy here. Um, so most of my experience, I think a lot of it is political and comes with the partisanship that our country just holds at the moment. Um, and in an, in an area where I'm in the minority politically, um, kind of, I, I don't know, I guess I can't say that as a fact because I don't know the exact numbers, but pretty much assumed like it's a, an estimated, estimated guess and it's probably pretty logical to assume that. Um, but it's just like, like, especially when controversial issues come up, um, like for example, abortion is a very big one. Um, like I've had people say like, that's, that's one of the biggest issues that it's like, I'm open to talk about it because I believe in dialogue and I believe that's the only way that we can learn from others and understand others. But when I think other people, as soon as they hear an opinion that doesn't agree with theirs, they like to think. It's it's it, it's an attack on their on their personal their personal be their personal being. It's not just it's part of their social identity because it's no longer it's 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 people people take things very personally and they attach a belief to their core being and don't want to engage in dialogue. So I think the STEM, while there is some in history or due due to historical events and whatnot, um, like John was talking about. Reformation Day, I think for most people that isn't the case, or at least in my situation, that isn't the case. Um, I think it's just that people are very much, if you aren't with me, you're against me, and still just aren't seeing the a world in a loving and opening, accepting viewpoint as they should. I think my, my thought on like where that might come from, like this like not approachability, um, and the idea that like the church is traditional and therefore, um, like equating traditional to being like extremely out of touch, which that comparison could be make, but it's not necessarily valid for every um, situation. Um, oh, um, the church, like many other structures, is incredibly old and change is very slow. Um, so I think it's really, really easy, or I wanted to a lot of people, there's a funny um, large population of ex-Catholic schoolgirls you get a you get a certain type of person there, um, and especially at a liberal arts college, and it's an interesting group to be like we're feminists, we're activists, we're intelligent people, and we also deeply cared about like this religious upbringing that we had. But some at somewhere along the line, the whole like love God, love people got deeply entrenched in like ancient patriarchal systems of power, and now the church just wants me to be a mom. And how, how do I like balance these things out? 
and again, this goes back to like the gender roles thing, but I think the fact that the church is so old is, I mean, earlier I said it was grounding and it is, but it's also challenging to new things that happen in the world. That's, that is, that is very true. I think you guys, thank you for sharing just where I think you guys are all right. When you say like, these are, these are places where it's not a stumbling block, but I think it's, um, you know, Colin, what you were saying, there's just a lack of dialogue between just between parties and not, I shouldn't say parties. That's got its own connotation to it. Just there's a lack of dialogue between people, groups of people, individuals, however you want to look at it. And we can't truly get to know one another without that dialogue, which is why I'm so grateful for Pope Francis calling these listening sessions into play, because this is where he's, he wants this dialogue to take place. And then this is all going to lead to a dialogue in Rome with the bishops and Pope Francis talking about, well, where, where do we go from here? Where is the Holy Spirit leading us? Um, so thank you for sharing. And I know it's never fun to talk about the hard things, the struggles, the shortcomings. Um, so we're going to move on from that. And we're going to, one of my favorite kind of exercises, we're going to dream. We are going to put on our imagination caps and I want you guys to think about, and, and if you can share, you know, after hearing one another's experiences, knowing just your experience, maybe, you know, drawing from friends and family experiences, what does your dream church, so your dream people of God, your dream companions on the journey, what does that look like? And then if you can like, kind of think like, what does that look like at my parish level? What does that look like? You know, maybe at the diocesan level, what does that look like on the global scale of the universal Catholic church? Does that make sense? I mean, I guess when I think about it, I have a hard time separating it to all the different levels. Um, because I guess, I guess like, I just, I would just think my immediate community, um, my other like locations I travel to, I guess, like my immediate community would be my housemates that I'm living with currently, my immediate friends that I spend a lot of time with. Um, and I would think past that, like back in Midland, my hometown, um, extended family, and then just, you know, con state country world, et cetera. Um, but I don't, I don't think I really differentiate how I'd want all those people to be in my dream church or in my just ideal society. Um, I, I think like when I walk down the street, I want someone to smile and wave just like I would smile and wave at them, regardless if I know them, regardless of if, you know, I'm having a bad day. It's like those little things, it's, it's little things, it's little details that I think make the church, make this world, make all of God gifts so beautiful because while, while he did give us this, these grand gifts, you know, just life in general, these amazing places that we're at, these amazing opportunities that we get. And I obviously I'm thankful for those. I don't want to ignore those, but when I find God and when I find love and when I find the Holy spirit, I find it in these smaller things. It's like, 
my roommate going out of his way to make a little extra food for me. Like you didn't need to do that. You know, you're just making dinner for yourself, but you threw in, you took twice the time to make a little bit extra prep and a little extra time cooking to make me that food. It's a little gift, but that's, that's gift giving. That's do as do as do unto others as you would want to do for yourself. And it's just, to me, that's, that's the epitome of God is when, is when other people go out of their way, even if it's just a tiny bit to do something to better the world, to better someone else's life. And it can just be a fleeting moment. It can be a small compliment. It can literally be anything. I think that's what makes our world so beautiful. And I think that can be done at any level. I think that can be done with, oh, I compliment my housemate before they leave the house. Hey man, I really like the way you did your hair today. It looks great. Or some random person at the university that I see that I'm just like, hey, I love your shoes. Those are awesome. Like, I, where'd you get those? Blah, blah, blah. Like my day is made when I had a couple people compliment a sweatshirt the other day. And I was like, thanks, man. Like, that's, that's the best. I feel this. I mean, so much to me, you know, it's a little thing, but it just, it's, it's beautiful. There's, I, I have a hard time finding words to epitomize what I want to say, because you can't really articulate that feeling in my opinion one of those things like, that is God right it, it's one of those things where you're like I can't put it in the words but I know it when I see it and I know yeah. it when I feel it no I I totally understand where you're coming from Colin yeah so that's my little rant <laughs> <laughs> um one thing keeps coming to mind for me and it's the idea of like no judgment between people right like my um, journey through faith is not something I'm supposed to be comparing to anyone else's. Um, it's between me and God and how I treat people in my community is drastically important, but I'm not comparing my faith life to theirs. Um, and I remember when I was little, um, we did Chris, we went to Christmas Eve mass and I put my like church clothes over my footy pajamas. I was a child and because I, A, was cold and B, like pajamas, but C, like no one was going to judge me. And, and that's not a reality I have anymore, right? And that, I don't think that's just a thing because I'm not seven. But I think it, there's also an impact of like, oh, what are these people thinking of me? What does that reflect on how my relationship with God is? Am I doing enough? Am I good enough? Um, and like a level of judgment and comparison is something that I think, or at least I have experienced in um, like the church community. And I like a dream church in my mind would like go back to the place where I could wear my pajamas to church and that's not that's yeah not no i i totally <laughs> you know, understand we all want to wear footy pajamas to church and people will be like i'm just so glad you're here footy pajamas and all cool. like no i I, to I totally understand where you're coming from that the idea of come as you are you know you don't have you don't have to put on a, a mask or wear a facade when you like if anywhere in the world you should be able to come without any pretense, it's the church. It's to the table of the Eucharist. It's to the body of Christ. Because as we heard this past Sunday, um, the body of Christ needs all of the parts in order to be the, the best version of itself. So we need everyone. Um, and we're not going to have that if we're judgy judgy. So thank you, Hannah. I think that's funny that you brought up the footy pajamas because it reminds me 
of two two things that have been said earlier. Well, both both what you just said and Kristen saying earlier, like you see people across the church and you're like, oh, that, those people, right? Like they're, they're in their normal spot. Like my family used to be the family that sat in our Ravens jerseys every Sunday <laughs> and everyone knew us as the family that wore the jerseys. And I, the thing is, it's like, I think as we grew and as we matured, kind of as you were saying, Hannah, it's like, we haven't done that in probably four or five years, it feels like. Like it's been a while because I think as we grew older, it was, all right, we're going to dress nice to go to church and then we can get home and change our jerseys and watch the football game. But it's like, you know what? It was like, that was, that was our thing. It was fun. It was, you know, it's a little statement and it's not like, it's not disrespectful in any way to not, in my opinion, wear a like tuxedo like, to church every time. Like, oh, you should dress at your highest level if that's, if that's the thing. But it's like, to me, it's just kind of like, I understand why we do it. And like, I will still continue to dress at least somewhat presentable and look nice at church. But I do miss the days where we got to show up in our Ravens jersey and sit there smiling and everyone, everyone knew who we were because that's who we were. We were the Ravens fans in the jerseys and all the, all the tall people, right? <laughs> <laughs> but just reminded me of that I had to share. I love that. So when I think of my dream church, um, I, I think of a couple things that are really important that really stand out. Um, I think it starts with the ability to seek wisdom. Um, so I think that can come in a lot of different facets, whether it's from the people around you, uh, the leader, the pastor, uh, the priest of the church. Um, and then also from like the word and from all these different areas kind of coming together as a blanket of wisdom, um, teaching you different things, allowing you to think in different ways. Um, even having conversations like this, I think it's so important to hear other people's perspectives and to be able to have like that parish and church community um, blanket you in wisdom. Um, and then I also think as a second point that there's a certain level of ethics that you can trust and uh, rely on in your church community. And I think my dream church would be made up of people who I, I know I can have that trust in. And I know, as I said earlier, who I can um, believe in the base that they have established and um, the one that I have as well. And then I think finally, it's just kind of being comfort. Um, for me, it's like walking into church on Sundays at Blessed Sacrament was um, sitting in that same pew, um, having the same people walk by, seeing the same people walk in the door. And while those are all great things, it's also, I realize it's not engaging all of the new people, but um, that level of comfort that I was able to feel and the love that I felt from um, my church family and church community, I think is just like the third, third point that I want to bring up. Um, and all of these come together just to create a community of people who, who follow God and, um, a dream church, I think, really is established in that idea. Um, and then spreading it out wider, it's just really the idea of an approachable community, as I was touching on earlier. I think having an approachable church, um, a church that we're willing to engage with as members of that body, and then also being able to um, talk to others outside of it and engage others and bring them in as well. 
that really establishes a dream church in my opinion. Yeah. I like that. You know, you, as you're sitting in your same pew that you sit, that your family sits in every week, as you see the the same people walk by um, and surround you, it does, you do notice the new people a little bit more because you're like, hmm, haven't seen them before, but they're not, they're not the usual walk by um, folk. And so I think I love that idea of a dream church. Like how do you build up that trust in that community? It's when you see new people to not just think to yourself, hmm, they're new, <laughs> haven't seen them before, but to reach out and welcome. I, I, I think hospitality is, is huge. And, and I think that goes back to what you guys were all saying about, you know, the church being approachable. It maybe if the church, the people of God, I want to say maybe if they were more hospitable, like would be more approachable, but I think just being willing to go out on a limb and say, yeah, I'm Catholic. What do you, what do you want to know about us? Like, it's not some secret that like, we don't get go to church and like, it's the secret, secret chant and you gotta have the password at the door and everything. Like it's not magic. We're just the people of God coming together to do to, to worship God and to be strengthened on, on this journey towards the kingdom. So I think I want to be a part of your, I want this, everything that you guys just said as this dream church, I want to be a part of this dream church because it sounds like, it sounds like the kind of people I want to go on a journey with because you never know what's going to happen on those. But if there's a level of trust, someone's going to know how to change a tire when we inevitably get a flat. That's, that's who I want to go on a journey with. All right. I have two more questions for you. I want to be, I'm trying to be conscientious of your time. Um, Cause I just appreciate that you guys are giving, giving up so much time to, to share your thoughts. Um, so the next two questions kind of fall under this category of the Holy spirit is on the move. Um, I, I feel like you should in parentheses, it should be like, watch out world because when the Holy spirit is on the move, like great things are going to happen. So my first question is where do you hear the voice of the Holy spirit in your life? I think I kind of touched on this in my answer to the last question. Um, when I say I see God and other people, I mean, with God being the Holy spirit and mm-hmm. Jesus on one, you know, the Holy Trinity and all that. Um, <laughs> so I feel stupid saying it. Um, Don't. It's, but... my, my theologian heart is so happy right now. Like <laughs> Alan's talking about the Trinity. I'm like, yes, keep going. Three and one, three persons, one being. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I, I guess I look at it a lot. I think I hear the voice of the Holy spirit, just like I hear the voice of God through people. I think it's my interactions with others and the situations that I get placed in where I see him the most. So like, for example, um, out on a whim, I joined the club boxing team here last semester Um, and just not really knowing what to do. I was just like, Oh, this seems interesting. Let's check it out. Ended up having an absolute blast. It has been a ton of fun. I'm really enjoying it, but like, some of the connections I've made through people there um, to me, it's like, it's, we always use the term God sighting growing up. And I still think it's a very applicable term. Uh, Cause for example, I've made a really good relationship with a, my friend, Zach, who is a 
23-year-old grad student in aerospace engineering. When would I have ever met this kid? Well, not a kid. This this is a full man. Uh, When would I have ever met this guy if it wasn't for this opportunity that I just kind of randomly felt called to do? I just kind of threw myself out there, said, why not? Let's check it out. And yet I'm making lasting relationships and being inspired by people that I've, that I met. And it's like all these small events lining up. It's this domino effect that happened. And to me, that is just another example of the Holy Spirit. It's another example of God beyond what I was talking about earlier. It's like, it's simple things. And I think that, that that's the other example. I think that epitomizes it more than anything else is just little acts of God throughout the day, little acts of kindness, little, little bits of love that truly, because when I think, when I think God, I think love. And when I see that in my life, when I see a little act of love, I say, all right, that's God working in my life. That's my reminder that he's, he's here with me and that he's here with all those that I care about. Um, for me, I am a very socially anxious person. I don't think there's been a single event in my life, like until I've parked my car there that I don't want to be like, let's just cancel. Let's just, nope, let's not do this. John will be like, let's get coffee. And I'll be like, no, no, no. And then I'll see him and we'll get coffee and it'll be great. And I was like, I'm glad we did this. This is a good idea. But I think for me, every time I'm like, let's cancel this. The Holy Spirit's the one that's like, this could be kind of fun. This This could be a good time. And it's the idea of like, this is a bit of a throwback, but like love over security, right? So security would be me doing nothing hard ever with people I know at my house with my mom. But um, love is a lot of other options outside of that. And the Holy Spirit is definitely there cheering me on saying, this could be, this could be kind of good. I think for me, I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit really through blessings. Um, in college, I feel like it's a really selfish time of life where we're like, focus on yourself, focus on figuring out who you are and what you think and you know, focus on your studies and all these selfish things that we're pushed towards. And you know, we have to get good grades and we have to be social and we have to be in clubs and all these things. Um, and a lot of times get so worked up. It's like, you know, today I had a really hard computer science project that I was working on and I feel like my professor didn't teach me very well but I still have to do it anyway. I have to take my car into the shop. But today I also didn't have to walk to school because I had a housemate who was willing to drive me. And I didn't have to work on my project alone because there were other students in my class who were also in there having the same problems. And a lot of times I just get so caught up in like me thinking that, oh man, I am just so unlucky. I've got so many bad things going my way. But the Holy Spirit really is always there to remind me, like, John, take a second, like, stop and think about all the blessings that you have. It could be so much worse. I'm sure there was someone today whose car is in the shop who had to walk miles to get to where they had to go, whether it was work or school or just to do anything. And the Holy Spirit kind of stops me in my tracks um, and reminds me that I'm blessed and that I need to be grateful for those blessings. I can thank God for those blessings and, um, realize that I have those and think more about how I can continue to try to bless others in different aspects of life. I love that the Holy Spirit is speaking to all of you in not, I want to say dramatic fashion, because 
that's overly dramatic, but in very real ways, concrete ways, dramatic, I don't want to say dramatic, but concrete, the Holy Spirit. And it just goes to show that God is constantly working in our lives, whether it is through the small things with the people you you wouldn't know otherwise, except for joining a boxing, like the club boxing on campus or, you know, feeling that nudge to, you know, great things might come out of this, even though I feel like I'm kind of want to just go run home and be alone. I feel that way too sometimes. And just being reminded of the blessings in in our lives, because sometimes it is easy to say, yeah, man, today was, today was rough. And actually I think that was my opening line to you, Hannah, when we first signed on was, wow, today was a rough day. Um, but this whole conversation, um, with you guys has definitely been a blessing. So thank you. And I have one last question and this is, this is like SAT question. Um, it's a synthesizing question and thinking on your feet question. Where did you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in our conversations tonight? For me, I think the answer sticks out pretty obviously. Um, it's the fact that a, I'd say there's two things that really stick out is that a, the fact that we have all had very different and unique answers, but that B they've also spoken to me with every single response and have spurred on additional thought and additional feeling in my heart and my soul and in my mind. I think that's truly God's voice is speaking through the people in this call today and have inspired me to philosophically think more about my own faith tonight. Like I feel like I need to sit down and meditate for a good like 10, 15 minutes and just engage with all the thoughts that are bouncing around in my head. So I think, I think it's, it's the inspiration. It's the, it's the need for action that I feel now. Like I, I've got that little burning bush, you know, in my heart right now. So I, I've seen uh, the Holy Spirit tonight, just in, in Kristen as someone who's been a part of like my faith foundation. And I can speak for Hannah and Colin. I'm sure that she's been influential in theirs as well. Um, just bringing us in for a podcast uh, conversation similar to this and um, being willing to allow us to exercise our voices and our thoughts. And um, I like what you said, Colin, like kind of have a burning bush too going on uh, just with a lot of ideas and um, just like engaging in this conversation. Uh, I think uh, Kristen was really representative of the Holy Spirit tonight, just allowing us to be here and speak freely. Wow. Thank you. I'm super humbled that you would say that. And now I'm going to be honest, I'm feeling a little bit of the pressure. <laughs> I think for me, I, I came up with something real fast and I was trying to think of something a little bit more general, but I keep going back to this one thing. So Kristen, if, if you cut this at the end, that's totally okay. Um, walking into this conversation, Kristen and John, I both saw over holiday break. Um, Colin, I feel like we haven't talked in like three years. And I'm not going to lie, I don't think we left it too great when we did. Um, so I had no idea what you were going to say in this conversation. 
but I am exceedingly glad to see you and everything you have said has warmed my heart. And I'm just, I'm just like, wow, Colin Axon, what a freaking incredible person. And I'm so glad, like, we're pretty different, but I'm so glad he's out there in the world doing wonderful things. I also watched your video right before we did this and that as well. Just, I'm super glad to see you and I'm so glad that you're doing that. It means a lot. I really appreciate that. I honestly, I, this is one of those things where words just don't seem to capture and I'm going to cry. Um, just like being, being on zoom, but being here together, um, like the Holy spirit is alive in the young church. You guys are, you aren't the future of the church. Like you are the church, the young church with the new ideas, with the, with the fire burning inside you. And I'm, I'm, I'm just so proud of all of you and where you are on your faith journeys, like that you're continuing on your faith journeys. And on it, like, it's, this is like a, a youth minister's like dream to be able to get on a zoom call and be able to talk with, with you guys and just see where you're at and see what, what the Holy spirit has placed as desires in your heart for the church. It is, I feel like awesome, awe-inspiring, like there, it's not strong enough words. So I want to thank you guys for being a part of this, for being a part of the church, for opening your hearts to the Holy Spirit and to opening your hearts and minds to dialogue, to maybe shatter some of those preconceived notions of the church of being unapproachable as of Catholics being, um, I don't know, boring because Catholics are not boring. Quite the contrary, a little bit wild love. Like that's, that's one of the things that I think people need to realize. And that's what I'm so happy about this podcast and you guys agreeing to come, come on and share your stories. Cause that takes a lot of courage as well. You don't know who's going to listen to this, but I hope that to those of you who are listening to this podcast, that you are blessed by their stories, that maybe after listening to this, you have maybe that own inner burning bush that you need to go spend some time in prayer, invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Like God, show me where we're going. Show me my companions on the journey. Help me to build the people of God up. So to all of you listening, thank you for tuning in. And I just want to take a quick moment. If you're listening in the car, maybe you're listening at work. This might be a little awkward, but just really quick, give these three young adults just a little round of applause because, like I said, it takes a lot of courage to get on a Zoom call to share your heart, to share your story, your hopes, your dreams. Like it's, it takes a lot of courage. And I'm, I'm glad that you guys feel that you can trust me and trust each other enough to share that. So thank you so much. And to everyone listening, um, before we sign off, let's just take a minute. Uh, we started this podcast in prayer 
I think it's only fitting that we end it in prayer. So again, let's just acknowledge the presence of, of God in this space, in your space, as we pray. May God, the hope of all hopes, who opened the disciples' hearts and minds by the outpouring of the Spirit, grant all of us openness with that same hope and make us always abound with the gifts of that same Spirit. As we go in peace, remember to glorify God with your life. Amen. Amen.